Hello, everybody. Welcome to the first episode of my brand new podcast. Oh, thank God it's not canceled yet. That That's not the title. The title is a working title, but thank God it's not canceled yet. Um, I'm so happy to be doing this right now because the first episode of this fantastic podcast is going to be an entire review based on the brand new Denzel Washington, Rami Malek and Jared Leto fronts front starring film the little things it's a crime drama that's kind of like seven or luther that is basically revolved around an old watched up cop and a new up-and-coming detective taking down a serial killer so uh, stick with me grab a drink grab your favorite snack and let us get into the review for the little things Now, ladies and gentlemen, come come sit down with me. Come sit down with me and let me uh, let me tell you a a small little tale, or at least a little tale about a smooth cat back in I want to say about the nineteen eighties or so, by the name of Denzel Washington. This man was so smooth, so suave, he could get any girl he pleased just by cocking his head to the side and being like sup (laughs) and obviously the years haven't been too kind on brother Denzel Washington because from being because going from being a civil rights activist to one of the smoothest cats in the world he somehow ended up being a washed up cop in the 1990s which is the era that this movie takes place in this movie called the little things starring denzel washington rami malik and jared leto written and directed by who is it let me see here john lee hancock now for those of you who don't know who john lee hancock is he's the guy who directed the highwayman and of course the 2009 classic i want i want to say the blind side um now in this movie john lee hancock weaves a tale about a washed up detective named joe deke deacon played by denzel washington who finds himself wrapped up in another case of another string of murders basically and now he has to partner up with Rami Malik, um, aka Jim Baxter, to figure out who is behind these grisly murders. And one thing leads to another, and they catch one of their first suspects, Albert Sparma, played by Jared Leto. And let's just say, kind of like with Denzel in this movie, it's the little things that I get you caught. Now, the way that I want to review these movies is simple. I want to start with some of the positive things that I liked about this movie. And then once I um, get all the positives out of the way, I'll move on to some of the more negative aspects that I have about this movie. And then once all that's done, um, then I'll give my final verdict and sum up my initial thoughts on this movie. So let's start with the positives. And thus far, from what I can say... 
the positives of this movie stem from mostly the talent behind this. The three main leads do fantastic work with what they're given. Denzel Washington as um, Deke, uh, Detective Deke. He, um, you can kind of see that there is, um, that he is kind of brought down by life. His, like, you can see that in Denzel's performances and that he's haunted by something in his past. And the movie kind of brings you in by giving you the intrigue and interest of Deacon's past. And what basically what I mean by that is when the movie starts, Denzel comes in and he kind of he's dressed like a rent-a-cop, but he's actually the sh- the sheriff of a like a small town or something like that. And they call him up and they're like, "Hey, we got to you got to go get um something from uh uh from over in LA." And so he drives down to L.A., and then as soon as he walks into the precinct, his former precinct, everybody kind of, like, steers clear of him. They kind of talk shit about him behind his back. And the only one person that actually likes him, they're like, yeah, yeah, I remember you. We're we're cool. How How about we go get some coffee across the street where no one can see us together? So, uh, yeah, nobody can bother me about why am I talking to you. He doesn't have to say all that, but it it's kind of insinuated that nobody really likes um, Denzel Washington's character. And so the movie already is interesting and by, by um, having this um, thing put into your mind by saying, well, what's going on with Denzel's character? Why does nobody like him? What did he what did he do in his past for people to not like him? It's one thing for people to especially in your former job. It's one thing if um like to get demoted but people kind of still like hey man how how you doing like you you look you look better than you did before you you or like you look like shit man but Denzel must have done some really something really terrible for people to just talk shit about him behind his back and be like oh and literally this is a line in the movie someone literally says oh that guy's one um one case away from a heart attack let let's don't let that be your fate and i'm like damn they basically said that um denzel's on the verge of death and they were happy about it and i'm like shit shit he must have done something really terrible and and thus far based on the performances alone you're already intrigued and more the intrigue comes in when jared leto the other um best part about this movie comes in but um I'll say this, Denzel does give a really interesting and creepy performance, and it almost reminded me of what he'd done with Joker. Knowing knowing what knowing the type of method acting that Jared Leto does, I can see like bits and pieces of what he wanted to do with Joker in this performance alone. Um unfortunately, he doesn't come in until the last what uh into the last couple of couple of minutes or i want to say the last what 30 40 minutes like he like the movie's about two hours long and he doesn't come into the last what until like the tail end of the second act and this is where we start to drift into the negatives because a lot of the negatives with this movie stem from the story and the structure of the story now, 
I don't know much about our friend um, John Lee Hancock. John Lee Hancock, I I know he did The Blind Side, and I know he did um, a few other films from the past. Uh, He did... he did the Highwaymen, like I said before. He also did us. He also directed Saving Mr. Banks, uh, the Mar- the making of the Mary Poppins movie, starring uh, uh, I think it was Meryl Streep. Uh, it was Tom Hanks and Emma Thompson. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. I said Meryl Streep. I'm sorry. Uh, but. There you go. Uh, Saving Mr. Banks, the Disney Saving Mr. Banks. And he also did a Michael Keaton movie about the uh, guy who owns McDonald's called The Founder. Now, say what you will about uh, John Lee Hancock and his uh, and his directing style. What I will say about but what I will say about this particular movie is that it feels too much like a movie that you've seen before and while i was watching this movie like i want to say about 10 minutes in i felt like wait a minute i've seen this movie before except if you take away the cool suaveness of denzel washington and replace him with the wiser more weathered version weathered and scrawnier morgan freeman and you replace the monotone rami malik with the dashing young upstart brad brad pitt holy shit you got seven and not only seven there's not only seven you also got a little bit of luther sprinkled into there a little bit now for those of you who don't know what either seven or luther is let me start on by saying that seven is basically a crime drama that came out uh I want to say sometime in the 2000s or in the 90s. Um, but but it's basically a David Fincher movie uh, starring Morgan Freeman, Brad Pitt, and uh, real-life supervillain Kevin Spacey. <laughs> uh, he, uh, basically, our two leads, Morgan Freeman and Brad Pitt, they are investigating um, a case of murders that revolve around the seven deadly sins. And basically they have to figure out who the killer is and stop him before he can complete these seven deadly murders because the murders are still happening by the time they get by the time they get involved into the case by the time that um they figure out what's going on uh murder number two has happened so they have to keep uh figuring out uh finding clues and figuring out where this where the murderer is before all seven all seven uh, murders can take place and the thing is is that unlike and this is what i'll say john lee hancock i guess is how do i put this he's okay with writing the bare minimum and what i and what i mean when i say that is is that a lot of his stories are basically scratch the surface when it's him writing and directing the movie like um the blind side and this movie in particular he it it just feels like the bare minimum it just scratches the surface enough there's a lot of stuff in this movie that can be interesting or compelling but there's not a lot of it 
helping um, string things along. Um, and that's not because of the performances or anything. It's just because of how everything is written. I mean, when the movie starts out, it starts out with um, you see someone almost getting murder or someone getting chased down by somebody else and it looks like a murder is going to take place but it's stopped once someone once they see a truck on the road and they go out to the truck so that crisis is is averted but the thing is is that there are so many red herrings and this is the there are so many red herrings throughout the entire movie that by the time the movie um should have like either its first or second witness or first and second suspect by the time that happens there are so many red herrings before that that you kind of feel like that it's not this particular person i'm not saying whether or not jared leto is a part of this but by the time that you see certain things that happen by the time you by the time you see certain things that are given to you you start to question whether or not all this whether or not this person is really a part of this and that's fine that's fine for a true crime movie because that's what it's supposed to be the the movie's supposed to give you red herrings and misdirections but the problem is is that whereas where other true crime movies like seven and like luther which i'll get into a little bit into a into a little bit is the fact that those movies though and those shows they actually give you bits of information and tell you hey this is um hey this is the this is a this is a potential clue but um look at this over here this this um this could actually be a potential clue here and by the time that you get to the end it's like um the audience should at least have some semblance of who the killer might be or should kind of have all the clues set up to to it pointing to this particular person whereas in the little things there are so many red herrings and there's so many um things that go on where it's like i where, where it's like by the time that you get to the end of it it almost feels like the case isn't really solved you don't get any real concrete answers it's just hey this person might have done it might probably and or they probably didn't will they follow up on this not really we don't really have to and uh, and it mostly stems from the fact of how poorly written the story is and because the story is so poorly written it is so poorly written and there's not many clues connecting like there's not many uh, breadcrumbs to connect it to this particular um case here um that you're following by the time that the first suspect comes into play who is jared leto um and by the time the movie's over you're still kind of scratching your head saying wait a second what about this clue what about this red herring what about that clue what about this clue was this a red herring or what and you're kind and by the time the movie's over you kind of feel unsatisfyingly like it feels unsatisfying with something like seven you do get breadcrumbs of who this person might be but by the time the characters hit a brick wall 
in that movie, the 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 murderer has already revealed himself. So now that the murderer has already revealed himself, you're trying to figure out why is he doing this? And apparently he still has another uh, murder that's taking place right now. So what is this new murder and what's going to happen in this next murder? Or is like what's going to happen now? And you get it's like there's always something keeping everything going, and that's the and that's the thing about most true crime, or uh, thriller or crime thriller um, movies or films or televisions or docu series. Every time someone gets stumped on a clue or there's a uh, string of breadcrumbs that go nowhere you always feel like there is a light at the end of the tunnel or there's something to resolve in the little things. They don't every time they hit a brick wall, we're back at square one. So it's like, okay, we have this set of clues here and that goes nowhere. Okay. What about this set of clues that goes nowhere? And then everything goes nowhere until Jared little, just until Denzel just so happens to show up to Jared Leto's place and now they're at odds with each other and and the, and that's unfortunate because if if you have a string of breadcrumbs in your th- crime thriller and the majority of them don't really go anywhere or there's no subtle uh red herrings or there's no um subtle clues or foreshadowing your metaphors that might highlight what might happen towards the end of the movie then your audience is just as lost as the uh, detectives are you want your audience to be at least one step ahead or a step behind the characters in the movie and the unfortunate thing about this particular movie is is that it doesn't really do any of that it's um and it has some interesting ideas and the other thing about this too is the fact that it has interesting ideas but none of them really go anywhere because essentially what um what our writer and director has made with this particular movie is is just a bare bones crime thriller there's nothing really latching on to the detectives or to the story that makes that makes it compelling enough. The reason why I mentioned seven is essentially, and why people connect this to seven is essentially, there's something interesting and compelling going on behind the scenes. Yes, seven is basically a movie about two cops, one old on the verge of retirement, and one um, new upcoming. Um, gumshoe who hasn't really seen any real grisly murders yet catching a cold-blooded killer um and just following a trail of clues until they figure out who the killer is we know we know what type of movie it is it's a it's a generic crime thriller but what makes it interesting and what makes it stand out are how is how the world is presented the city that they're in is dirty it's gritty no one really gives a shit about what's going on with anybody else and it's just and the world feels just as bad as the murders that 
um, that are taking place within this world. And what, on top of that, what makes seven more interest well, so much so much more interesting is the murders. Because every t- single time you see a murder, you're like, oh, that's bad. The next one can't be can't be worse than this. And then it just gets worse and worse and worse with each which each of the seven murders that goes up, that goes on. And this goes on. And that's with every single crime drama. You can't um, with every single crime drama, you can have the old um begrudging cop and then the new up upcoming cop uh following a case of clu- uh, following uh a case and finding clues to figure out who this murderer is but you have to keep it interesting you have to keep it compelling you can't just make a crime drama or a crime dr- or a crime thriller and just expect everything to just be the same just to be the same as every other crime thriller before and the reason why i mention that is because there's another crime thriller that i was thinking about while watching this i won't explain too much why i why i felt this way but i will explain this this particular um show and why i like it so much and why i think this show connects to the little things a little bit more than it than often than it than it doesn't and that's the show on the BBC called Luther, starring Idris Elba and Ruth Wilson. Idris Elba plays um, plays a detective named Luther, who he's a great detective, and he's almost like the um, he's almost like a real life Sherlock Holmes. But the problem is, is that he gets too attached to these cases, and he has a shit ton of anger issues, and he gets too emotionally invested in these cases so by the time that he figures out who the murderer is he's not really going by the book anymore he's going he's doing everything in his power to make sure that this guy um gets get that his that the person who he thinks done did the crime gets put away um he he'll plant evidence he'll like yeah he'll literally threaten people's lives he'll He'll, um, I lost my train of thought. Sorry. I got it. I got it. He'll literally, um, assault people in order to make sure that he gets what he needs and to make sure that this person goes away for good. And, um, Ruth Wilson is kind of like his enabler in that. Um, I don't remember what happens all that much in the show, but I remember a lot of the stuff of what happens with Luther and how most of the cases that he goes on, um, goes on. They just start breaking him down. Like every time he sees a grizzly murder, every time, um, he's this close to catching them only to hit a brick wall. He, he'll, Luther is literally one of those people where it's like, okay, we hit a brick in like most other crime thrillers, it's like okay, we hit a brick wall. Time to go back to square one. Luther, when he hits a brick brick wall, he'll literally just find the, the closest sledgehammer and break that fucking wall down. And he's like, "We are not starting back at square one. We are breaking through this fucking wall, and I'm gonna get this son of a bitch." And and literally, there's so many things that Luther does that puts his job in jeopardy just to make sure he solved this case. And the reason why I think this connects to the little things is essentially mostly um, and why the little things also connects to seven is mostly revolved around Rami Malek's character. 
I won't go um, too deep into what happens with Rami Malek's character, but basically, he's the young upstart. He's um, he's more in the public eye. He has an obligation to solve these crimes because he has a family and whatnot. And so the story's mostly revolved around him and Denzel trying to solve this case. Denzel's trying to solve this case so he can put, um, so he can like have some sort of satisfaction from what happened in the past. And again, I'm not going to explain what happens in that one, but with Rami Malek, it's more of, I have a family, I have kids. I don't want them to be next and whatnot. And so, um, you kind of see these characters kind of conflicting with one another. But the problem is, and the reason why I didn't put Rami Malek in the positives is mostly, it's not because of his performance, um, Rami Malek's performance uh, is very monotone, and the thing is, is that he's not Brad Pitt, he's not um, Idris Elba, he's not like any of these other um, actors. Hell, he's not even like Mel Gibson. He's a very monotone, one-note actor, kind of like how I sound right now. He's kind of very bland, but that's not his fault. It's essentially that's essentially how Rami Malek is wired. And when you're kind of wired like Rami Malek is, you can still be an interesting and compelling character. I mean, he won an Oscar for playing a characterized version of Freddie Mercury. I mean, the guy the guy has charisma. I mean, and he's also starred in an award winning show on USA called Mr. Robot. He's really good in that show. Um, And he can be really good. I've seen him be really good. He's in he's in a video game called Until Dawn, and I feel like his performance in that is better than it is here. And it's mostly because he's playing a normal character. And Rami Malek, for me personally, I feel like Rami Malek right now isn't really wired well enough to play a, a normal character. And I don't mean that in any offense in, in any offense at all. It's mostly because Rami Malek's character in this movie, he's supposed to be like the everyday man, like the everyday man. He um, he feels like the everyday man. He like he's he's supposed to be like the guy that you can kind of grab a beer with. But there's a lot of times where it feels like um, the character is on either downers or he. Um, or he's just sleepwalking through the movie, and it's not really because of Remy Malik. It's because a lot of the it's because there's not much for Remy Malik to work with. It's not like um, his character is like this because he drinks a lot of coffee or he has a weird quirk, kind of like L from Death Note. Because L from Death Note, he's a really monotone character, but he has a few jittery quirks. He's like. Yeah, he's like stand like when he sits in a chair, he sits on his like he sits with his um knees up to his chest. Um he eats a lot of candy because he just likes candy. Um he he types weird. He always looks like he's um on the verge of going to sleep, but he like he hasn't slept like he looks like he hasn't slept in days. He's, he always, like, when he, when he gets into a fight, he fights with his feet, doesn't fight with his hands. 
but he, he like he he like he's really picky and choosy uh with who who he works with um Rami Malek could eat Rami Malek's character in this movie could have easily been that to give the movie something interesting to latch onto because you have because what the what this movie could have been was a disgraced cop who is taking on this case to try to um put him to not only put his own personal demons to rest but to potentially get himself back onto the um good side of the LAPD police uh detective force but he has to work with this new guy who's really good but he's really jittery he's really recluse he picks and chooses who he wants to work with and well, yeah, he wants worse with, and he has these weird quirks that nobody can seem to get their head around. But he's really good. But he's really good, and this new case just it has so many clues, so many uh, brick walls that for the both of that, whereas um, Denzel Washington is trying to do everything in his power to kind of make sure that the case gets solved, Rami Malek is. Um, trying to break down every single wall and being like, we're not starting back at square one. And it's just um, piling on and piling on and piling on. And then once they get to Jared Leto's character, then both of these characters are at conflicts, not only with Jared Leto, but also with each other. And again, like, and again, that's just something that I just came up with while um, thinking about this movie ever since I saw it, and there's so many things that this movie could have done with uh, with its story that it just decided not to. So rather than and what this movie ends up feeling like, it's like rather than doing anything with the story itself, we're just gonna do something with these three. We're just gonna write a story, and then we're going to have three up um three either upcoming actors or three veteran actors or award-winning actors come in and just do something with this story and and that's not how you're supposed to make uh any movie let alone a thriller where um you have an old washed up uh yeah an old washed up cop a young up-and-coming cop who hasn't really seen any murders go up against a weird creepy um weird creepy yet slightly eccentric suspect and at the end and at the end of the day the little things um could have been possibly one of the most compelling and interesting uh crime thrillers of the year but settles for just being an okay one and you should never really settle for being okay especially when it comes to having this stellar Oscar and Academy Award nominated and Academy Award winning um, cast here, and to see and to see these three actors be put into a movie where they're where the movie is uh, where they're given the bare minimum and expected to deliver the moon. That's not. It's never fun to do that. And so in the end. Honestly, this movie is on HBO Max and in theaters. I'd say it's worth watching once. And it's worth watching once at home. 
If you watch this in theaters, then that's up to you. But I wouldn't want to go out to the theaters, especially during COVID times, and pay almost $20, especially from almost $20 for me and someone else. Or, yeah, spend almost $100, which is both tickets, concessions, possibly, if they even do that anymore, um, gas money and whatnot, uh, just to watch a um, below-average crime thriller stalling three great actors. That's that's just not something that I would do. So in terms of the final verdict, this is what I'm going to do. Um, let me tell you the um, my rating system. My rating system starts um, at the lowest of low. Movie garbage is um, the bottom. Of, it's basically the worst movies possible. You have to, you have, there is little to no redeeming qualities about any movie garbage movies. Above that is forgettable. Forgettable um, movies are basically movies that are, um, that are bad and really don't really have anything that makes them memorable or long lasting. One and done is above that. One and done movies are basically movies that are designed to be watched once. Once they have a few good things here and there, but they're not. You're not going to remember them. You might remember them slightly. And if someone were to bring up in a conversation, "Hey, did you ever see this movie?" You'd be like, "Yeah, I saw it once." It's it's yeah. It's just a movie to say, "Hey, I saw this movie." I'm here nor there about it. That's about it. Okay, and then above that is Rainy Day. Right? Yes, 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 yes. Rainy Day. Rainy Day. <laughs> I had to think I had to think where my rating system was. Okay, but we're on Rainy Day. Rainy Day movies are essentially movies that you can watch more than once. They're basically the average movies. These are movies that where you're like I don't feel like watching this good movie and I definitely don't want to watch any of these below average movies, but I just want to watch something. <clears throat> Sorry. I want to watch something that will take my mind off of like the, yeah, it's yeah. There, I got nothing better to do. I just want to take my mind off of everything that's going on right now. And I just want to um, just go away for a while. Th- th- those are raining day movies. Watchable movies are basically movies that are watched that you can watch more than once, but you don't want to keep these movies around on DVD or Blu-ray or on your um, or on your streaming device. Like if you have a Vudu collection, like I have a collection from an app called Vudu, and I collect Blu-rays and whatnot, and I also collect digital copies of movies on Vudu, and there are some movies that are on there that I'm like I. We'll probably watch this ever so often. That's what these movies are. Watchable movies are basically movies that you will only watch, um, that you'll only watch ever so often, but you won't keep them around. Like you'll rent them ever so often if they're on sale or if they show up on HBO or on Netflix or something like that, you'll watch them from there. <laughs> Which, now that I say that, goes in, it goes right into my let my into my next rating uh yeah not now that i now that i think about it yeah now that i think about it i might take out one rating so 
Um, yeah, okay, so my next rating is worth buying worth buying on Blu-ray. Or, or, great, or a great movie to buy on Blu-ray. Um, yeah, so a great movie to buy on Blu-ray is ba- are basically movies that are worth keeping into your collection. Like, you're going to watch this movie all the time. You're going to have this movie in your in your physical collection like I do and you're going to keep this movie on the shelf like you're going to um proclaim to everybody hey I like this movie and I have it on the shelf right here in my uh, in my house and essentially these are the, the these are the movies that I like because the, I like to collect uh blu-rays and steelbook movies so any movie that become that is a great movie to buy on Blu-ray or higher. These are the movies that I consider collecting a lot. And um, you'll probably hear some from... You'll probably hear some about some of these movies as the show goes on. Um, and last but not least, the last rating on my rating uh, rating meter is Cinematic Gold. Cinematic Gold, kind of like Movie Garbage, where Movie Garbage is the lowest of low... Cinematic gold is the highest of high, and this this is considered um, this is movies that are considered to be my favorite movies of a particular year, or just movies that I just love in general. And and this is the thing, though. I want to say this: none of the nothing that um, falls in this rating system is set in stone. Any movie that is rated a certain um that is rated a certain way will probably change in the next couple change over time maybe in the next couple of days my rating will change for certain movies maybe in the next couple of years my ratings will change or they'll probably stay the same regardless of where they fall just note that most of them will probably not stay the same and now that i got that out of the way at the end of the day where does the little thing stand in terms of my rating system? I did say that the performances from Denzel Washington and Jared Leto were good. Um, but in terms of everything else about the movie, in terms of story, in terms of uh, writing, in terms of directing, and Rami Malek's performance, or at least his character, a lot of it was very average. And by the end of the day, you don't really want an average movie on your shelf. Hell, an average movie isn't really considered watchable either. If anything, if you're going to go for average, if you're going to go for an average plot, if you're going to go for an average story, but um, have this movie piggyback off of um, Oscar-winning actors and expect Oscar an Oscar-winning movie, then you're not going to get an Oscar-winning movie. You're going to get you're just going to get three actors who are critically acclaimed, who are just working with the bare minimum. And when you're working with, and when you're watching a bare minimum movie, you get a bare minimum score. And that bare minimum, and it's not a forgettable, it's just a one and done. The little things on my rating system, as of right now, is a one and done. And, okay, so that's my rating. And hopefully... Um, if you do, if you guys do decide to watch this movie, I hope you guys enjoy it more than possibly more than I did. And I hope 
um, to hear your thoughts on this movie. So, what did you guys think about this movie? Did you guys like it? Did you guys hate it? Um, were there some things that they could improve on? Was there something that I missed? Is there anything in particular that you guys want to talk about in terms of the little things? Please, let me know. Um, I will give you guys my information at the end of the video, podcast, thing, whatever. (laughs) Just note that um, for next time, it probably won't be this sporadic. I'll probably have a script in front of me. This was just more off the cuff. Um, Hopefully, um, the next episode won't be this rambly. Hopefully, I'll have a script next time, but I'm glad that I was able to do this. Oh boy, I'm. <laughs> it may sound that I'm tired, but I, I am really excited to do this. I cannot wait to uh, explore more films, explore more uh, movies, and do more segments with you guys. Hopefully, I'll be able to make more content like this in the in this uh, foreseeable future. But right now, it is almost three o'clock in the morning, <laughs> and I'm recording this um, on my phone. I'm I'm. Hopefully you guys enjoy this uh, podcast. Um, please give me as much feedback as you can. If you guys say it sucks, please tell me why. Just don't say it sucks. Or if I'm doing a good job, please tell me what I'm doing right, what I'm doing wrong. Any feedback is greatly appreciated. This is going on for way too long. Uh, okay, so with that being said, um, what am I? What am I missing? Oh, yes. Of course. Follow me on Instagram at Azarius Daniels. Follow me on Twitter. Same at Azarius Daniels. Facebook, Azarius Daniels. And just um, anything that you, any information that you have, insults, comments, positive or negative, just let me know on any of those sites. And if you want to hear more from me, you will definitely hear more whether you want to or not. I don't mean that as a positive or a negative. I, this is just what I want to do. On the next episode, hopefully we'll be it. Um, hopefully, if everything goes right, we will be taking a look at a um, segment that I really wanted to do for a long time. I just don't know what it'll be about yet. But hopefully in the next episode... Um, I'll see you guys again. And whenever you're watching, whenever you're not watching, whenever you're listening to this, have a good morning, good night, good evening, good afternoon. Whenever you're listening to this, goodbye. And remember, I don't have a catchphrase yet. I don't have a catchphrase yet. Disregard all of this. I'm rambling now. Okay, look, look, just good night. I'll see you guys next time.